Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Edify Me. I'm your host, Shane Smith, and I'm so thankful that you're able to join us again on a great episode. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. He's a pastor in, of Grace Community Church in Seattle, and he was actually a, a former professional soccer goalkeeper who went into full-time ministry. So that's a pretty cool shift. Uh, his name is Mr. Jesse Bradley. Uh, how you doing, Mr. Jesse? I'm doing great, Shane. Thanks for having me on your podcast. It's uh, good to connect. I'm just sorry the way the Saints season ended, that controversial oh. call, and I hope everyone down there is, is just healing, and uh, there's next season, too. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. The people were not happy about that, but hopefully, you know, we're, hopefully they're doing better. Um, you know, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for um, taking some time out to, you know, come and, you know, speak to the people. Um, to get started, you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Shane, I grew up in Minnesota, and I didn't grow up in a family where there was really any faith because my parents, unfortunately, had negative experiences, and they saw a lot of hypocrisy, and they kind of shielded <laughs> me from, from God and from faith. And so growing up, uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Sports were a huge passion in my life. In high school, I played basketball, soccer, and uh, baseball, too, and uh, you know, I focused on grades, did well in school, had an opportunity to go out to college out east at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. And when I got there, I took a class that was the introduction to world religions. Now, I wasn't seeking God, but I, that was the first time I ever read the Bible. And I read different religions. It was different. And the professor tried to undermine the hmm. scripture. But God's word is powerful. And I read the Gospel of John and I started to learn about Jesus. And also at the same time, there was a guy named Mike on my dorm floor who ran on the track team. And Mike shared with me about a relationship with God. And I had never heard that before. No Christian had ever told me about uh, Jesus and how to have peace with God. And he was the very first one. And I didn't believe right away. I asked him probably hundreds of questions over the course of that year, because I really just didn't know anything. And I wanted to kind of kick the tires. I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to follow Jesus and commit my life to the Lord, then this has to be legit. And there's got to be some historical evidence. He taught uh, what he did. In my sophomore year, I decided to put my trust in Jesus. I learned that you can't earn your way to God. It's not religion and performance, but it's grace and undeserved gift. And it was the best decision of my life. I mean, I knew I had eternal life and I just had incredible joy that I've never had before. And my life at that time, if you looked at it, it looked like a success on the outside. I mean, I played soccer. We won the Ivy League title. I got good grades, friends, parties, you know, everything I thought that would build up to kind of a happy life, a successful life, mm. it still didn't fill that void on the inside until I came to know Jesus and uh, um, it just changes so much. And uh, I just started to love people more. I was able to forgive people I never forgave before. And even the way I talked changed. Instead of tearing down people, like that was gone. So, and in my family, it wasn't a popular decision. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey guys, 
I really hope you're enjoying Edify Me. I want to let you know that you can get paid for listening to this podcast. It sounds crazy, but it's true. I discovered this free app called Podcoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you can turn that Podcoin in for gift cards to places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you want, you can donate to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. All you have to do is download the app on your iPhone or Android and put my special code in. My code is EdifyMe. When you do, you'll get 300 Podcoin just for signing up. So go ahead, listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on Podcoin and sign up with code EdifyMe. It'll be a great time. Thanks for sticking with us. Let's get back to the episode. Shane, I would say at that time, my life looked like a success on the outside in terms of getting good grades, our soccer team. You know, we won the Ivy League championship and going to parties, friends, the things I thought that would bring me happiness. It's like I was checking all those boxes, but it was a different story on the inside and something was missing. I had no idea that it was Jesus. But when I put my trust in him, I knew I had eternal life. I knew I would live forever, go to heaven. I knew my sins were forgiven. And it it started to um, change a lot of things in my life, including like I was able to forgive people that I didn't forgive in the past. I had a joy. I just walked around campus. I had this incredible joy. I started to talk differently in terms of tearing people down and being sarcastic I, I found that um, even people noticed it didn't follow the Lord, like what's kind of happening in your life? And God changed me truly from the inside out. And I'm so grateful that God broke into my life and gave me a chance to start in life. That's, that's amazing. I mean, that's a very inspiring story. And I'm just, I know like a lot of people, if they heard that story, that would like change their uh, perspective on on the faith and on life itself. That's amazing, um, Pastor. Uh, I really appreciate that uh, that testimony. And um, yeah, I mean, that's very heartfelt. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. So um, I also understand that, um, you know, like I said before, you went from professional soccer to full-time ministry. You know, that's a big leap right there. Um, what position did you play in you know, how how do you think that kind of developed you as a person? <laughs> yeah, I was a goalkeeper in soccer, which is not necessarily a position I'd recommend. We have four kids. Oh. I joke with them that, you know, there's 10 great positions. Try those out. If you have to, then be a goalkeeper. Because in soccer, there's not a lot of scoring. And if you let some goals in as a goalkeeper, it's it's on you. Mm. There's a lot of pressure sometimes. It can play with your mind. But it but I also enjoyed it so much. And I had a great coach in college who was a professional goalkeeper and he played in Scotland for a long time. And our team went over to Scotland and played. And then I went back to Scotland. I lived over there and had a season with Aberdeen football club and then also played in the Highlands. Wow. And then I played for a Minnesota team. It was before the MLS had started just before the MLS. And so we played uh, and did well, but we're in a different league. A lot of those guys are still involved in soccer. Some of them are running the team in Minnesota right now. And then I also played in Zimbabwe, which was incredible to go to Africa and experience so much love and kindness. And uh, 
the people there just still have a, such a special place in my heart. And Zimbabwe was a place and still is, you know, that has some challenges economically and government challenges uh, in terms of education. Even if you graduated from school, there weren't a lot of jobs. There was drought and AIDS and poverty. And yet uh, there's singing and uh, there was praise, you know, and, and just uh, pure joy coming from the people there and so much generosity in their homes. They didn't have much. They were so kind and just gratitude, a lot of resilience. And I learned so much from them in Zimbabwe. And I played there for a season. And then, unfortunately, uh, my health, it was a huge change, but my career was over and I was fighting for my life. And it was all because of a prescribed medication I took to prevent malaria. And I took it every week. And after you know, many months, it built up toxic levels in my system, although I didn't know what it was. And the doctors there didn't know. They sent me home because my health was deteriorating. Mm. And when I got back to the States, I went to a number of doctors because there were so many symptoms. And I had migraine headaches where any light or noise was brutal. I had double vision. I had sweats and chills, couldn't regulate my temperature. Uh, extreme fatigue. I was in bed for eight days. Then uh, it's like a flip switched. And I just had tons of energy and almost just hyper. And with it, the drug also affected my emotional state. And I was usually you know, pretty even keeled before that. But I experienced anxiety, panic attacks. There was depression, suicidal thoughts would come. And all this was because of the drug and the side effects. And then the most serious was with my heart. And it would beat 160 beats a minute while I was resting and atrial flutter. And it would have heart murmurs and skip beats and just hurt physically. And Wow. And I, like I say, for a year, you know, I was uh, just didn't know if I was going to make it. Doctors didn't know. And it took about 10 years to recover. And I, going into that, did not have ministry on my radar at all. And in fact, God was teaching me a lot of things. It was extremely humbling to go through this and experience so much loss and change. I had to uh, shift my identity because my identity previously was in success and friends and sports and health and a career. And it was like, all that wasn't there. And that's a difficult thing to try to figure out. My big questions were, who am I and what do I still have? And in terms of what do I still have, I became much more grateful. I started writing down 10 things every day that I could thank God for because it felt like I was mourning so much. I just had to take inventory of what's still good here. and then you know, who am I? My identity shifted to place it firmly in the Lord in my relationship with him and security there and his love. And that identity uh, has been there since. And that, that was so healthy because, I mean, if you put your identity in things that change, that's a roller coaster ride. They can be gone. They can come and go. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And nothing can separate us from his love. And we are his children. And when, when that gets solid, then everything else is built on that. And that was a time in my life when I learned how to pray. My prayers before that were more intellectual, you know, theologically they made sense, but I didn't know how to really pour out my heart to the Lord. Psalm 62, verse eight, trust in him at all times. O people pour out your heart to him. God is our refuge. Mm. And I learned how to go deep, share my pain with him. My coping before that was just tough, you know, get through it, persevere, 
little denial, white knuckle things. And I had to learn how to let them in, open up my heart emotionally, experience his healing. And that was a new path for me. And God was doing all this. But on the outside, you know, I didn't know what to do next and what career he was leading me towards. And I started to volunteer with junior high at a local church. And I knew that wasn't quite the long-term fit, but I felt like God kept whispering to me in that still but real voice, um, keep going. And that's what I did. I kept going. And that was the start of ministry and God's calling in my life. Wow, that's, that's amazing, man. To, to come from such a severe illness to like, to overcome that man I, I could only imagine that's 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 awesome it's a great story awesome testimony super strong and that's that's great um yeah so we, we we definitely i appreciate you um pastor that's that's awesome and I'm, I'm grateful that you know the lord was able to uh you know use you in that time and just strengthen your faith and everything that's awesome um but you know moving on to a lighter topic uh, i wanted to actually (laughs) yeah i wanted to ask you about um your marriage like can you tell us about your marriage you know how long you've been married how many kids you have you said four but like what have you learned about uh, marriage over the years in general yeah i'm so (laughs) grateful for my family and you know one of the things every week is just to not let ministry gobble up too much and not give my family leftovers and Mm. uh, just to be there and connect. And I, you know, waited longer to get married. I was 34 when I got married. I thought I'd probably get married in my twenties. And I want to encourage anyone that's listening that if you're dating, you're single and you desire to be married, just surrender that to the Lord. You know, it's okay to cry out to him and share your desires, but wait for the right person. I, Waited for my wife, Lori, and uh, she loves Jesus so much. And uh, we know it was interesting. When I was an intern in my 20s in Oakland, California, now my pastor's wife is from India. Her name's Rapali. And she said that in her culture, they arrange marriages. So she kind of put that out to me like, how about I set something up? And I said, "Uh, just give me some time. Let me see what the Lord does before we go that route. And... (laughs) Uh, and she said, okay, how long do you want to wait? And I said, uh, and in my mind, I was thinking I'll definitely be married by the time I'm 30, but I better play it safe. And I said, 35, how about 35? <laughs> well, I ended up getting married at 34 in nine months. And so I, I uh-huh. cut it close, but, uh, you know, we have four kids. We've had some miscarriages. God has just helped us through that. And, uh, three biological kids, one adoption and, with our adopted child, all of them, love them all. And just all of them are equal. And uh, we've adopted a boy and he's been such a blessing in our family. He's, he's a black boy, which is great in our family to have different cultures mm. and just to be united together around Jesus. I'm so grateful for him. Mm. And I've learned so much about adoption too. So uh, I'm, my family, just an incredible gift from the Lord. But I'd also say, you know, there's so much reliance and it stretches me and there's no formula necessarily on how to do marriage well every day. Now, I'm absolutely Ephesians chapter five, believe it, want to live it. But I'm just saying from moment to moment, you know, 
it's a matter of trying to listen to the Lord and surrender and keep in step with the Spirit. And is it time to listen? Is it time to speak? Is it time to discipline? Is it time to just have fun? Is it time to goof around? And how do you handle this situation? You know, the specific thing that happened in school or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, um, it stretches you in a really good way. I'd, I'd also say that um, in terms of marriage, when you're single, at least for me, you know, I didn't think I was that selfish, you know, and, and when you get married, there's no place to hide your stuff. And, and you just realize, wow, it really is a calling to try to lay down your life uh, for a husband, you know, and love your wife sacrificially. And I don't always do that well. And I'm still learning so much, but um, that's the call. And to keep unity, there has to be humility. And to keep unity, there has to be sacrifice. And that's little things and big things. And I think marriage is one of the prime tools that God uses to sanctify us, to chip away at our character, make us more like Jesus. But it's also a great joy. And uh, yeah, I just singleness, make the most of that opportunity because you've got more freedom. And so you can do things in ministry. You can travel. You can um, focus on the Lord in different ways when you have a wife or you have a husband and kids you have more responsibilities there so make the most of every season and each season has its own just blessings uh that are unique too that's great that's some great wisdom i really enjoyed that and i'll take that into uh into account myself being single so (laughs) right on yeah it's really awesome um are there any um you know interesting life that you'd like to tell us about anything that just would just kind of blow our minds. Mm. You know, uh, I would just highlight listening to God. There were um, different times, even in ministry where I didn't see what was coming. Like I didn't always set out to be a senior pastor, but then when God made it clear, it was like, then I I need to do that. Uh, I would say that, you know, I had two opportunities to be a senior pastor for the, the first church. And one was a bigger church, a couple thousand. One was a smaller church, a couple hundred. And everyone was saying, go to the bigger one, go to the bigger one. But I knew God was leading to the smaller one. And so the goal in our lives is really faithfulness. Don't always worry about chasing numbers or a position or trying to just stay faithful to the Lord. Uh, you know, Philip in the Bible, there's revival in Samaria, but God said, go over to that um, Ethiopian right there. And and as Philip did, and he shared scripture just one-on-one, the gospel spreads to Africa. And God will take small steps of your obedience and faithfulness and do amazing blessings that you'll just see you didn't even anticipate in 5, 10, 20 years down the road, you look back and thank the Lord. And uh, again, the goal is faithfulness to him. And I also just want to challenge people to, uh, to share your faith, to share your story, to invite people to church, to build relationships with people who don't know Jesus. A lot of Christians get into kind of like this bubble and this kind of fake holy huddle where mm. they just have no impact in the world. Where I live in Seattle, there's 1.86 million people who don't know Jesus. When I look at our country right now, uh, with every generation, the numbers are going down. I mean, the four you know generations right now, I looked at something Stadia put out, Stadia uh, Church Planting, and for church attendance, it goes from like 60% to 40% to 20% to 10% as you get younger in America and the generations. And you can see people wandering away from Jesus. And 
do it humbly and do it lovingly, but build relationships, serve people, and make sure to share your faith. I was someone that no Christians ever shared their faith with me until I was in college. And there was a lot of Christians around me, but no one ever told me about Jesus. So don't assume people know how to have a relationship with him, but ask God for help and the Holy Spirit will lead you. And then be bold, take some risks and uh, share the gospel with different people. You can do it through social media too. Uh, we've got something in our church right now where we're praying that every group we have, every Bible study, every group would lead one person to Jesus this year. And so that's our, our challenge. It's not just a project. It's about relationships, but we want to be intentional. And even around Seattle, we're seeing great unity and uh, we're seeing God do things where the pastors are coming together and not just for unity, but to reach our city and and to get to know our neighbors and serve them and love them well and lead them to Jesus. So uh, that's my encouragement is um, listen to the Lord. Faithfulness to him is what it's all about. And if you're really following Jesus, you're going to be leading a lot of people to him too. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, so we'll be wrapping up pretty soon. You know, we really appreciate your time, uh, Pastor Jesse. Uh, but last, one final question I had, um, and I don't know if you do, but are you? Do you have any final bits of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, thanks, Shane. I would say just get on your knees a lot. And I was just given a gift from someone in Korea, and I didn't even know what this thing was. I mean, it just looked like a little stool, and I couldn't figure it out. And he says, "This is from Korea." And you can um, set it down on the ground. And then when you get on your knees to pray, you can kind of sit on that and then stay on your knees. And in Korea, it's not like they do it once in a while, but every day they're showing up at 5 a.m. in the church and praying for a couple hours. And that's just the norm. And I think in America, sometimes we get focused on technology and methods or our intellect and just different things instead of crying out to God. And God makes it very clear that there'll be healing in the land when his people seek his face, pray, turn from their sin and uh, cry out to him. And then he will forgive and heal the land. And when God brings revival, it almost always starts with his people on their knees. And so don't skip past that. In the morning, a lot of people grab their coffee and then they just run off to whatever they're going to do. But spend time in prayer. That's where God is really challenging me. Fasting is a really good thing in the Bible. Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, it's like, it's a healthy part of relationship with him. And that gift has inspired me. It helps me to learn from our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world who are mm -hmm. crying out in prayer. And uh, I think if America, we can do that much more, I think we'll be much more united. I think Churches won't be so segregated by generations or politics or race and ethnicity, but I think we'll truly be one. I think we'll forgive each other. I think we'll shine the light of Jesus. I think the power of the Holy Spirit will be evident. So uh, all these things start on your knees. And I was challenged by a brother from Korea through that gift, but I, I love that gift and I love that challenge. And uh, I just say, Let, let's do this together. Awesome. Well, we really thank you for that, Pastor Jesse. Appreciate your time and your wisdom and, and everything you had to say, your testimony. It was great. It was awesome. And I, I pray that the listeners, you know, would take this and, you know, they, they'd run with it. Thank you so much. Very good. Yeah. If anyone wants to connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or website, exploring-faith.com or Grace Community Church uh, up here in Seattle, graceinauburn.com. 
just love to hear from people. So I just enjoy talking about faith and Jesus and life. And Shane, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And I'll post your links and stuff on our on our pages so people, if they want, they can connect with you. Sounds good. And awesome. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I just um, it's so good to hear how you're living for the Lord there and what God's doing in your life. And just keep walking by faith, Shane. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening in on another episode of Edify Me. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.